Hey guys, I'm Kayla. And I'm Kayla's mom, Alicia. And you are listening to True Crime Exposed. Welcome to our show where me and my mom will bring you a new true crime story every week. We created True Crime Exposed to expose the monsters living all around us. But most of all, we created it to give victim stories exposure because they deserve to be talked about. They deserve to have their names out there. They deserve to have their stories out there. And they deserve for us to learn valuable lessons through hearing and talking about these stories. And today's episode provides a valuable lesson about how when warning signs are ignored, the consequences can be detrimental and how important mental health care is. Are you ready for today's case? Okay, guys, so this case is really sad and very mind-blowing. One of my clients actually suggested it to me, Brittany. She's awesome. And once I looked into it, I really couldn't stop. The psychology surrounding this perpetrator is just really wild, and a big reason I'm even interested in true crime stories is because I often wonder how these people can do such horrible things. So when you are able to really deep dive into someone's brain and their thoughts, you can really get some good information on warning signs to watch for in the people that live among us. Now, I got a lot of my information from a YouTube page called Explore With Us, and you can find them there, and you can also find them on Facebook. I'll leave a link to their video on this case, and I'll leave that link in our show notes. And the show notes are shown when you click on the episode description for more information wherever you're listening to this right now. I always include links to the organizations we're highlighting that week, my sources, and our social media. So just check there. Now let's dive into this case. Randy Stair was born on Thursday, September 17th, 1992 to Lori Ann Stair and Robert Stair. Randy was their first child, so they doted on him over the next couple years as their only child until his brother, Jeremy Stair, was born on September 11th, 1994. Their birthdays are literally only six days apart in September, and that was funny to me. Like, what's going on in December for their parents? An anniversary? A birthday? Maybe they just really love the holiday season? (laughs) Because, like, how likely is that, that your kids are born in the same week? Yeah, Cassie and Carly were. But those are two different husbands, so I don't know what's going on for <laughs> you before nine months before January. That's true. I think it's November. Pro- probably Thanksgiving. No, it's not. No, they're born in January. That's only two months from November. Oh, that's you guys. Uh, you and Dallin. You and Dal, <laughs> you and Dal yeah. were born at the same time in August. Oh yes, we were. We were born in the same week. I didn't even think yeah. about us. That's funny because we were, and that was Both the same my kids. husband. So, 
both sets of my kids. You like the Thanksgiving season. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny, actually. Mm, I know. Anyways, now Randy's parents provided him with a good life as far as I can tell. He lived in a loving home and seemed to care for his family. Randy was a very shy kid though, and this shy personality was present in him from a very young age. He loved to be home with his parents or even by himself. He loved it so much, in fact, that whenever he was dropped off to preschool, he would bawl his eyes out, begging his parents not to make him stay. But they did, of course. He needed to go to school. So he pushed through, but he never understood how all the other kids just talked to each other and smiled at each other, acting like they have known each other forever. It made no sense to him, and this confusion would follow him all throughout his school years as he quietly pondered how these other kids made friends so easily. He just wanted to stay in his bubble. But at the same time, he was longing for friendship. And during one school play, all the kids had to come onto the stage and perform for their parents. But Randy knew this was not going to happen for him. There was no way he was about to stand up in front of a crowd. So he turned his back to the crowd and stood frozen in fear, staring at the back wall until he was allowed off the stage. He really hated the spotlight. In those early years, he explains himself as hating whenever his existence would be acknowledged. He just wanted to be a ghost in the room. But later on in his life, we will see that he ends up really longing to be noticed, to be seen. And maybe that's how he felt all along. But he didn't know how to get that attention that he craved. Now, Randy almost never hung out with any friends outside of school. It was such an isolating feeling to always feel left out, to always be alone. But in first grade, a new kid moved in, and his name was Matthew Gilbert. Randy and Matthew got into talking a little bit, and as their conversations moved on from the typical hellos, they realized that they had some interests in common. Both kids were football fans, and they also both loved video cameras, and they wanted to try making videos together. So they did. They would set up a video camera and act out little skits together or make funny videos, and Randy really thrived here, finally opening up and really being himself. Michael was the first friend he ever had, the first person in his life he felt he could tell anything to. And these videos would remain very special to Randy. He loved to rewatch them and explained it as reliving their friendship because their friendship wouldn't last forever. Now, although they remained close through elementary school and stayed somewhat friends in middle school, they would go their separate ways after ninth grade. Matthew started getting sick of making videos. As he grew older, he lost that passion for it. So he wanted to stop. But that was Randy's life. These video skits were all he loved to do in his free time. So he continued to make the videos alone. And soon Matthew met a girl. I said that weird. Oh, that that does it. Right? When you meet a girl. Yep. The girlfriend or boyfriend. Takes you away from your friends. Yes, and that's what I was about to say, too. Like, we all know what it's like to be a teenager in love. That person basically just becomes your whole world. Right. Teenagers feel like they might die if they don't spend every second with their boyfriend or girlfriend. And their friends usually end up getting mad. 
Exactly. Because yes, because then their friends feel left the out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And Matthew was no different from any other teenager. His girlfriend did become his everything, and like we just said, this left little room for Randy. Matthew couldn't hang out with Randy anymore. He wanted to be with his girlfriend, and this sent Randy into a tailspin. This was his only friend. According to him, he made the mistake of putting all of his eggs in one basket. And now that basket had a girlfriend, and Randy had no other friends. He was alone. And oh, that's sad. I know. It is sad. He ends up being you like... always worry. I know. He ends up being like the worst, but like I can feel bad for him as he was growing up, like being such a loner. As a, as a, as a kid. Yes, it's sad for kids that don't have I always friends. feel bad for the kid. And that would be so sad. Like, just to feel so alone. And then your one friend just kind of leaves you. It, it would. Yeah, it is really sad. Yeah. And Randy says, quote, I wasn't in love with the guy, but I felt abandoned. End quote. And once that anger set in about feeling left out yet again, he decided to never talk to Matthew. He told him that Brett Favre had retired since Matthew was a Packers fan, and that was the last thing that Randy would ever say to him. Matthew wondered a bit why Randy was acting so weird, but he was caught up with his girlfriend, so it didn't ever cross his mind enough to reach out to Randy, and of course, the friendship ended. Now, Randy did meet one other kid during middle school that he felt he could somewhat talk to. He wasn't a best friend, but after losing Matthew, Randy didn't have many options, so he fell back on James Schemmer. And James enjoyed video cameras too, and making videos, so this felt like a really comfortable relationship to Randy. Throughout high school, Randy would stay decent friends with James, and during a ski trip, there were groups of kids jumping off of a ski lift, and they were recording themselves. Randy was watching intently, very interested in the fact that they were making videos. He asked them what they would be doing with the videos they made, and the kids told him that they were going to upload it to YouTube. Randy was so confused. Like, YouTube? What is that? While we all know what YouTube is today, a platform where creators can upload videos of literally almost anything. And immediately, Randy's mind starts racing. He loves making videos. What if he could get noticed on some sort of platform like this? He was so alone. So what if there were people out there who would actually enjoy his videos, people that he could connect with? So on June 9th, 2008, Randy launched his own YouTube channel. At first, he just started posting clips from movies or TV shows. He explained it as ripping off other shows because he was a high school kid and he didn't know anything about copyright laws. And with this, each account he made would get deleted. So he started trying to figure out different content that he could upload, videos he could make himself, just like he had growing up. Wait, so does YouTube not let you? So YouTube doesn't let you, like, like copy other people's things or, like, just, like, steal clips from TV okay. shows and movies. I feel, I feel like I've seen, like, just random stuff like that. I know. Okay. You probably have, and now it's, like, I don't know. There's so many people on it, but this was, I think, in the very early days of YouTube. So maybe they were like noticing it more. And I don't know if he was just straight up like taking the whole show and putting it up. I 
I'm not exactly sure, like, the extent that he did. Yeah. But... Overall, he just kept getting his accounts deleted. (laughs) But now he wanted to make videos that he had like he did when he was growing up. Something that people would actually be interested in. He loved watching YouTubers of those early days. YouTubers like Fred, which do you know who Fred is? Because I remember his videos big time. I have no idea. He was like this young kid with shaggy brown hair and he would do these actually super annoying videos where he would make his voice like super high he was always screaming Uh, i'm sure you guys showed me (laughs) he was like he was like an original youtuber you guys showed me at some point but i probably tried to forget all those things very annoying but he was pretty big so he's probably making tons of money now i know probably i i think he ended up being in a movie maybe i don't even remember i'd have to look him up but I haven't seen anything from him forever. So how were, did he have a good relationship with his parents? Was he like, did it seem like a normal family life? It like kind of seemed, it seems like a normal family life. It does seem like he did have a good relationship, but then later on we'll kind of get into that he started to feel angry with his dad. But, like, growing up in elementary school and stuff, he said, like, he loved his dad, loved his parents, but then he starts. And he just had one sibling. And then he just has one brother, yeah. Okay. So, now, once Randy decided he wanted to start making content like Fred's and other YouTubers that he looked up to, he needed to find a good YouTube channel name and try not to get this one banned. He loved a local football team whose mascot was the Pioneers, so he came up with the name Pioneers Productions. And he fully expected his channel to get deleted since at this point he had multiple channels that had been banned. But as time went on, he realized this was the one. It stuck and the name just worked. So at first, Randy starts making videos of himself playing video games and he was gaining like 200 subscribers, but he was only getting like five videos, five views per video. And that wasn't enough for him. He really wanted people to see his content. So he started doing more videos like Fred, where he would pitch his voice really high and he loved to reenact videos of his favorite YouTubers. But eventually, he also wanted to be authentic. And as the years passed, he started to become a little bit embarrassed about his videos in the early days. So he deleted the content from those first few years, which I totally understand. Anytime Facebook gives me like a (laughs) memories post, like 10 years ago, you posted this on Facebook. It is so embarrassing. (laughs) I was such a drama queen, only like... Only posting about like, oh, I like this boy or like, oh, this girl was mean to me or, oh, my mom was mean to me. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I have the most embarrassing Facebook posts. (laughs) (laughs) They're so bad. So I if I could go through my Facebook there, it's too bad. There's so much, but I would do what he was doing and delete all my early stuff. But there's too much. I don't even know. Because you always, you forget what kind of teenager you were. That I was just a huge, (laughs) I do not forget that. I am embarrassed of that. You do. No, no, I am embarrassed of it. I don't, I don't want to acknowledge it. You're always like, what? I did that? Yeah. Oh, well, I forget a lot because I have the world's worst memory, but (laughs) 
I do know that I was not a great teenager. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don't worry. There's hope out there. Parents, someday they will get better. Oh, yeah. I tell my clients all the time, like some of my clients that have teenagers and they'll vent about them. I'm like, don't worry. They will appreciate you when you have ki- when they have kids of their own. <laughs> they'll realize like, oh, my gosh, my parents really did love me so much. Uh-huh. Look at all this stuff they had to do for me. Hopefully. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully they realize when they're older. <laughs> So once he wanted to make better content, he started asking for like new video cameras on Christmas and then he asked for another new one on his birthday and he started to really grow passionate about his channel and he wanted to make good videos. Eventually, he would start to grow as he collaborated with other YouTubers and people like Fred actually did like one of his videos. Eventually, Randy would make it his signature to use props such as like a horse head. He'd also do other skits with like a stuffed well and a frog. And with these props, he would create these little short stories that he would then upload to YouTube. Once in a while, Randy would upload videos to his YouTube from his childhood. Remember, he had always made videos. This had been how he connected with that old friend, Matthew. And Randy always wanted so badly as a kid to play games where death was talked about, to record skits about death. And in one of these videos, you can hear another kid say to Randy, why do you want to die so much? It's good to be living. But Randy replies, no, it's not. And this is just a small glimpse into the fact that Randy had always struggled with the idea of death. On one hand, it scared him, but on the other hand, his loneliness led him to longing for death. This started to present itself at a very young age. Randy never remembered a time in his life that he wasn't fixated on death. And as a child, he fantasized about taking a flight where the airplane crashed, guaranteeing him a, quote, insta-death, end quote. He sounds kind of depressed, like... Yeah. Lonely, depressed, suicidal, I don't know. Yeah, he does really sound depressed. And, like, I think a running theme in this story is that no one was really taking notice to him. Okay. At least not in, like, they weren't taking notice to the, like, the signs he was showing. And Randy was also showing these signs at school. And again at home as he grew into a teenager. He recalls writing papers where the characters would die these horrific deaths. He would turn them in sort of excited about the reaction that he might get from his teacher. But those reactions never came. His papers were graded and turned back to him, his teacher smiling as she passed by, never acknowledging the words he wrote that he thought were so shocking. Quote, I just remember not getting any feedback in terms of that, so I don't know what she was thinking. End quote. And through his YouTube channel, Randy really isolated into himself. He was usually alone in his videos, and this passion took him over. His grades suffered because all he really cared about was his channel. And in 2013, he came across a cartoon that he hadn't thought about in many years the cartoon of Danny Phantom. 
This is a cartoon TV show where all the characters are ghosts. And Randy connected deeply with one of these characters, Ember McLean. The first time he saw her, always stuck with him. Quote, This woman always connected with me. Something changed. It was like a spark. Connected with me. It felt very familiar. It was like I've seen her before. End quote. A cartoon character? A cartoon character. So her name's Ember McLean, and she is a ghost in Danny Phantom, which is like a kid's cartoon series. Uh So he's like 21? Let's see. 2013. I graduated in 2013. I think he's two years younger than me. No, he's three years. Is he three years younger than me? Or a year? Wait. I don't remember. Let me see. I thought you said he was born in 92. He's born. Oh, yeah. So he's three years older than me. Uh-huh. So, yeah, he. I graduated. So I was seven, you know, 17, almost 18. So, yeah, he would have been 20 or 21 at this time when he reconnects with this cartoon character, Ember McLean. Okay. Like reconnects in his memory. Yes. yes. This is getting interesting. <laughs> yes. It is very, very strange. Now, once he reconnects with this memory in 2013, his obsession with Ember grows out of control. Randy uses this obsession to be creative, though, and he does start to create his own spinoff characters, eventually creating what he called Ember's Ghost Squad. Randy really dove into creating animation for these characters, and honestly, he was really talented. Had he not become an absolute monster, I really think he could have made a life for himself in animation. I was impressed with it, especially for being like years ago, and he just like, I don't think he had any background in it. He just kind of got into it, and he did really good. So that's kind of sad a waste of talent yeah I was gonna say it's probably one of his talents yeah it was and I think he could have gone somewhere with it but he chose a dark path instead (laughs) Ooh, I'm so curious I know now soon his YouTube would become very focused on Ember's ghost squad He made posters for his wall that he would hang behind him during many YouTube videos. He had Ember's Ghost Squad stickers made for his car. And as Randy continued his YouTube channel through high school and college, there were two deaths that he explains as really affecting him. Tom Lynch was in his brother's grade and a friend of his brother's. He was just a couple years younger than Randy, and one day while he was driving to school, he crashed into a tree and was dead on arrival. Every year after that, Randy would drive past the location that Tom crashed on the anniversary of Tom's death. Quote, that was the first time I got messed up. That messed me up, end quote. And then years would go by before a classmate in college died, also in a crash. He didn't know him well, but he knew him, he liked him, and he considered him a friend. Randy wrote in his journal, quote, Tom's death sucked the life out of me. Matt's death killed me, end quote. He became fixated on death even more so than he had been growing up. It still scared him, just as it always had, but at the same time, he still desired it. Quote, I want to do everything in life that I possibly can before I die. 
That's a scary thought. I'll be dead one day. You'll be dead one day. It's not good to think about stuff like that. This is scary stuff. It's weird, but I think about it too much. It doesn't matter what you do. You're going to die. You'll end up dead one day. Someone right now is going to sleep. They're going to wake up tomorrow and be dead. End quote. Which... I feel like this sometimes. I feel like I can get fixated on how scary death is. Like, I have death anxiety. I worry about it a lot. And, but I try to get it off my mind as quickly as possible when I think about it, like surrounding my own life and the life of the people I love because it's too sad. And, like I said, it gives me anxiety. So, I can, like, somewhat understand his fixation on the fact that, like, everyone dies like we are all going to die and that is a terrifying thought but the problem with Randy is that he takes it to a whole new level when he flips over to the other side and starts being obsessed with dying instead of scared about the idea yeah I don't really get either of the concepts you don't have death anxiety (laughs) I do not weird I feel like most people are like worried to die you don't, you're not oh, worried really? about your kids dying and like how you would feel? I mean, I, it's not like a constant worry. Maybe every once in a while, like if I hear a story or something, then yeah. I would think, you know, like, oh, that would be devastating. But I don't like focus on it or anything. Oh, yeah. It's a constant worry for me. I have to like pull my mind off of it. Wow. <laughs> I don't, but I've always been that way, even in high school. Like, I remember, like, at certain points, like, I didn't want to ride any roller coasters because I didn't want to die. I didn't want to ride in a car because I didn't want to die. So, I actually think I've gotten better. But then with my kids, I'm worse. So, I don't know. You you might need therapy. (laughs) I probably do. (laughs) I would agree with that. I should go. Now with Randy, literally just after saying how scary it is and how it's not good to think about this this stuff, he then goes on to say, quote, it's not fun to think about, but in a way it's an escape. For me it is, end quote. And eventually Randy starts to get so disgusted by old people. And instead of fearing death, he becomes obsessed with needing to die young. Quote, there would be no possible way I could live until I was 60 something. Not a chance in hell. Honestly, I don't know how people do it. I don't know how people get up every day and go to like a dead end job, come home, do the same exact routine every day, every effing weekend. How do you do that? I was never able to compute it in my head. How do you live on this planet for decades and decades and decades? I honestly don't know how you do it. End quote. So you can see that Randy's thoughts surrounding death are really mixed. And I feel like this is how so many of his thoughts end up being, where he can really seem on two completely opposite sides of the same subject. It's really strange. Yeah. Now, while Randy finished high school and attended college, all while maintaining his YouTube channel, he also worked at Wise Supermarket in Tuckhannock, Pennsylvania. And I know I'm probably not saying that right, but you know, I'm just saying it as it spells out in my head. And if you're from there, you'll know what I'm talking about. And the supermarket was nearby where Randy lived with his family just over in Dallas, Pennsylvania. 
and he didn't love his job, but it was his only source of income through these years, and he got the job when he was just a teenager. And I mean, what teenager loves to go to work? Randy described himself in one of his YouTube videos as, quote, a typical jaded teenager, end quote, meaning he was angry and annoyed in different aspects of his life, but this anger didn't go away as he matured. It actually got worse, so much worse. Now, remember how Ember McLean, the cartoon character, came back into Randy's mind around 2013? Well, he explains her as never leaving his life again, and his death fantasies started surrounding her. He wished so badly that he would have the courage to set himself on fire just like she would in the cartoons. Ember became Randy's god. Well, more like his goddess. Instead of saying where many people would use God in certain phrases, he would say things like, oh my goddess, instead. And he's referring to Ember. So like he's really thinking of her as God. That's that's very odd. It's very odd. And I don't understand how people didn't see. And that's what is so interesting to me about this story is that it seems very out there. And like very, like very public, he's making this videos. Were his parents not watching his videos? Were his parents not monitoring his social media? Since it was like in the early days of social media, it just seems like really detectable. Yeah, it, it seems like pretty bad mental illness. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And he could have gotten help. It wasn't maybe talked about as much back then though as it is like yeah like you feel like mental health is a more recent subject yeah like they've normalized it a little more lately oh for sure so maybe so it's still like even if his parents noticed they maybe like were in denial they didn't want to talk about it yeah they might not know what to do yeah totally now randy started to become very sure with the idea that ember was a god and that once he died, he would actually turn into his true form, a ghost girl just like Ember. He was fixated on the idea that those characters he made as a part of Ember's ghost squad, well, they were real, and it was possible that he would live on with them. He didn't want to live anymore. He didn't belong on this earth anymore. He needed to die to become a ghost girl. His Twitter profile which was under the name Andrew Blaze and is how many people know him through his YouTube and stuff, that would read in the bio, quote, I needed to die to truly live, end quote. And he believed he would live on as Andrew Blaze. This was the name that Randy would eventually take on as a person through his YouTube, like I just said. And he animated one character who had the name Andrew Blaze, and this is who he believed he would eventually become in death. Andrew Blaze's character was a girl with pale white skin and blue hair. And this fantasy world of his was being projected in his real world as Randy started to struggle with his gender identity. In a YouTube video, Randy says, quote, What it comes down to is I felt like I was transgender, like I was a woman the whole time, which spiritually, I'm a woman. I'm a female soul, but I had to live in a man's body to do what I was set out to do. That was my soul contract. That was what I was meant to do, end quote. 
he is addressing his parents in that video that I just quoted. And he tells them that when they would go bowling and take his little brother Jeremy with them, he was either making YouTube videos or he was cross-dressing. And this was something that he never told anyone else until the release of this video, which this video wasn't actually released until hours before his death. Now, in his journal, he wrote, quote, I sit here alone on my bed full of emptiness. I'm wearing my girl clothes with my legs crossed. Why am I damned to spend two to three decades in this disgusting body? I'm not a man. Sorry, mom and dad, but I'm not sorry. I'm a woman. Each and every day, it gets harder and harder to live in this body. I'm wearing my female natural selection shirt with my American Eagle bra, panties, and black leggings. I guess the proper term would be transgender, but I don't even fully agree on that. I'm legit a girl trapped inside a boy's body. I'm a femme soul. End quote. Which what's crazy about these feelings of his is that, you know, he is feeling like he's transgender, but in his journals, they would later reveal that he wrote extensively about his hate for gay people and how he was very homophobic. And he would also kind of write about how he was racist. And I don't know if this anger is coming out from like his own feelings with his struggles or if he really was even homophobic because as we'll see he also believed he will one day be a ghost girl and that ghost girl actually has a girlfriend so like I said earlier like his thoughts are just all over the place like he's on both ends of the spectrum you know he's he's really a girl with a girlfriend and he feels transgender but then he's writing in his journal that he really hates gay people and he's very homophobic. Does he just mean against men? Maybe, since he's thinking of himself as a girl. And I, he does, like, say that he really started to hate men. Yeah. So maybe that's where it comes from, like, his hatred of men. It's just, like I said, he just, like, he flops back and forth, like, so much. But I can't even really follow what he thinks. <laughs> and I mean, that's sad. He was feeling that way. That is out. of. He, there are a lot of signs that like he maybe needed to talk to someone or whatever. But I don't think that was a sign for his parents, because like I said, like I, I they didn't know he was struggling with that. And like with his feelings surrounding that, because he didn't upload this yeah. video until just before he died. Who knows? Yeah, they probably didn't know. He was keeping it to himself and he never did come out to his parents. He showed a few signs within his home. So he started skipping meals and shaving all the hair on his body. Now, when he first started doing this, he was embarrassed. So he kept the razor hidden in a drawer in his room. But then his family wasn't even noticing that he didn't have hair anymore. And I think he really wanted them to notice. He wondered to himself, how in the world were they not noticing? He was shaving every hair on his body every three weeks. So eventually, he does actually set the razor out for his family to see. It's a woman's Venus razor with shaving cream and everything. And he just left it there on the counter and he waited for his parents to see it, to ask him what was going on. But that time would never come. The attention that Randy was trying to get would never be given to him. His parents were just letting him live, do his thing. But that's not what he wanted. 
In the same video addressed to his parents, he says, quote, that white stain on my floor, that was an ember thing. I wanted to make my skin as white as possible to look like her. You're off sleeping and I'm over here at three in the morning covering myself in this latex. End quote. And as his obsession with Ember McLean and his ghost squad intensifies, a new and very chilling obsession would grip him. He started looking up to Eric Harris. This was his new hero. And if you don't know who Eric Harris is, he was one of the two shooters in the Columbine High School Massacre in 1999, where 13 people were murdered before Eric and his accomplice, Dylan Claybold, killed themselves. Now, Randy looked up to both Eric and Dylan, and he idolized what they had done. But he connected the most with Eric. This fixation took Randy, and it spun him down a path that he couldn't claw his way out of. His thoughts got dark for many years before they would finally come to life. Randy started making plans, and three years before his plans would become a reality, he posted a video on his YouTube telling his quote-unquote fans that he would be leaving soon. He wouldn't be around for much longer, and he would have to leave his YouTube for reasons that he couldn't say. Around this time, Randy had graduated from college with a degree in mass communications, but he said it was pointless to graduate because he didn't want to use that degree. He didn't want to work in that field. He really didn't want to work at all. He wished his YouTube channel could be his job. This was where he was putting all his time, effort, and passion, but that's not how life works. And since he didn't want to work with his degree, he kept his job at the Wise Supermarket. In a YouTube video back in 2014, he says, quote, I've been at the supermarket for four years. I'm about to set that place on fire. There's so much more than just real life problems. What's in my head of what I want to do and just things I don't want to say publicly because it would hurt a lot, a lot of people, end quote. And Randy's dad was the manager at this same supermarket. And in the YouTube video where he is addressing his parents, he says that his dad always hated his job. He starts mocking his dad, saying how much he hates his job and then Randy yells at him that he should have quit then. His dad should have quit because instead Randy feels that he took his frustrations out on his family. He starts clapping for his dad saying that's the right thing to do and then he goes on to say that in elementary school he loved his dad more than anything but once he got to high school he couldn't help but hate him. All he wanted me to do was get a full-time job and make money so I could move out one day. And I knew I was never going to do that. Which, like, so I can't decide if his dad was just setting expectations for him or if his dad was a jerk. Because, like, yeah, obviously your dad expected you to get a job, make money, and move out. Yeah, he was trying to teach you to be an adult. So I kind of think that his dad was just being a dad. I mean... I'm sure there were times that they fought or that he was rude, but from him saying like how much he loved him in elementary school and he had said in the video like, because remember he was still fixated on death in elementary school, he had said like, oh, I was always the most worried about dad dying. So that makes me kind of think like that he probably 
wasn't like abusive or like super crazy because he loved him so much. But it seems like as he grew older and his dad put expectations on him, he started to like rebel against that and not like that. Yeah. That seems typical. Now, as the years passed, Randy's dark thoughts intensified. He started a journal on November 23rd, 2016. This journal was where he would document his thoughts and his plans to come. During all this time, Randy was getting in really deep with his Ghost Squad characters. He had a Twitter account for his character, Andrew Blaze, and he then had a Twitter account for the entire Ghost Squad called EGS, Ember's Ghost Squad, and he would even create multiple other Twitter accounts in the names of his other characters. Mackenzie was the character who was his soulmate. He had created animations of his ghost girl holding hands with Mackenzie, another ghost girl. He shared this animation on Twitter saying, love this girl. Ember, the ghost squad's goddess, also had a Twitter account, as well as Harmony Ingram, who was the violent and angry ghost girl, while Mackenzie was the shy one. Another ghost girl who had a Twitter was Rachel Shadows. Now, Randy would tweet back and forth between the characters so that they were having conversations. Although all the accounts were his and he was the one tweeting out every reply, Rachel was his ghost girl that took on his obsession with Columbine, tweeting out at one point, quote, you aren't faster than my bullet, end quote. And Randy eventually decided that he somehow wanted to do a massacre before ending his life, just like those he had looked up to, Eric and Dylan. But he wanted to first make an animation that he could release just before the shooting. So he started working on an animation project called The Westboro High Massacre. He envisioned his ghost squad taking guns into this high school and killing the students. And with this idea, he needed a plan for the day he was going to commit a similar act. This was the date the project needed to be done by. So he coded a date using the first letter of the ghost squad's name, Ember Ghost Squad, EGS. E was the number five, G was the number seven, and S was the number 19. That gives us May 7th, 2019. But at this point, Randy is in 2017, and there was no way he could wait two more years to become the ghost girl he longed to be. So he came up with a new date, June 8th, 2017. So now, January 2017, he is really diving headfirst into his Westboro High Massacre animation project. He wants this done before his plan is supposed to take place. So he starts reaching out to different voiceover actors and different animators. He was willing to pay the money to have this project worked on by these people. He had a vision to really make something great. But while he was able to secure a couple of voice actors, he couldn't get any animators to work with him. No one wanted to touch this project. A high school massacre... Yeah, no thank you. So months pass and the lack of interest in his project starts to infuriate him. And as he works on finishing his project himself, his anger starts to show through. He posts a video on YouTube that first week of June, quote, 
I still don't have it. Sent the scripts in March. It's June 2nd. Where are my voiceovers, Laura, that I paid for? Better have that voiceover by Monday, Laura, or you're dead. Makes you feel like you don't even matter. End quote. After this, he goes on this rant about how no one really cares about you until you're dead. How people say they care about you, but they don't. And it's too late now. Quote, watch. All my social medias will be, I can't believe he's dead. I'm so sad. I loved his videos. As much as I love my fans, no one said jack shit to me until I said something bad like, oh, I'm leaving. If nothing major was happening, it was like I didn't even exist. End quote. Which Randy at this point literally knows he's going to kill other people, yet he is here ranting about how when he is dead, people will be so sad and they will say how they loved his videos. Nope. People will probably be glad that a monster is gone. And it's just, again, like his train of thought is really so bizarre to me. It is. That he's like, oh, I'm going to kill people and they're going to be like, oh, I loved his videos. Like... No, no, they're not. Yeah, just like no one wanted to work on the high school massacre project. Like that's not, you know, socially accepted. No. And as we'll see, he is so angry about no one working on that project with him. Like so angry. It's like, yeah, people don't want to make a video and help you make a video about people shooting other people in a high school massacre. That is like absolutely devastating. No one likes that subject. Yeah. Now, as June approaches, his animation video is getting closer to being done. And he starts trying to convince his parents to buy him a gun just for target practice. And then he posts a video on YouTube. That just happened. Oh my goddess. Oh my goddess. I'm armed. I'm armed. You were a fool to trust me with that shotgun. Oh, mother, if only you realized you just signed my death warrant by taking me to that gun shop, end quote. Soon after this, Randy gets another shotgun because he wants to guarantee that during his attack, he will have a backup in case the gun he is using jams or doesn't work. Quote, I got it. I got it. Two Mossberg's 500 shotguns. I can't tell my parents that I have two shotguns now. They know I have the one, but if they see I have the same gun but two inches shorter on the barrel, they'll be like, why do you need that? And that's when it starts to get into personal stuff like, why do you need two shotguns? You're scaring me. Please don't buy more guns. End quote. Now, the time starts getting closer and he makes a video. Quote, 14, 13, 12 days from doing this. You know there's a lot of on my mind. If you were in my position, you would have a lot on your mind too. Every day I have to make count. You know this is it. Just under two weeks to live. You have two weeks to live, you know. What do you do? Goddess forbid, if somebody does see me blocking the exits, I don't know what they'd say. I don't know what I'd say. End quote. And as the days start to approach into June... Randy starts tweeting from his different Twitter accounts, but no one really seems to be taking the hint. And honestly, through his YouTube videos, Randy seems very disappointed that no one noticed, that his parents didn't realize that his thoughts were so dark. 
He almost seemed to be reaching out for help by making these posts and statements so public. Remember, these girls are his Ghost Squad animations, so it's actually him tweeting. But on April 28th, McKenzie tweets, quote, I can't take my eyes off the countdown clock, hashtag nervous. Then on May 17th, 2017, Harmony tweets, quote, I made the mistake of helping humans end their suffering. Now it's become a manic game of playing God. I do want to help, but I want pain, end quote. And on May 18th, 2017, Ember tweets, quote, if you think your body is ready for June 7th, then you're gravely mistaken, end quote. She tweets again on May 20th, quote, 17 days is your calendar marked, hashtag EGS, hashtag big things, hashtag June 7th. Then on March 24th, 2017, McKinsey tweets again, quote, Andrew isn't crazy just caught in the middle of two worlds and dimensions. People don't see or understand that, end quote. And remember, Andrew is Randy. Then on June 2nd, he tweets from the EGS ghost Twitter account, quote, ready to die. The Westboro High Massacre coming June 7th, 2017, end quote. And five days before June 7th, he makes a video, quote, I'm ready to die. I'm ready to go. Six more nights and it will all be over. You hear that? That's how quiet it's going to be in my house for a week. I want to know how everyone's going to take this. How much they're going to cry. How long they're going to cry for. End quote. And I still don't know how he's thinking people are just like going to be mourning for him all over when he's planning to take the lives of other people. And he goes on the next day, so four days before his plan, he makes another video. And this is his last YouTube video. Quote, what happened? What the F happened, man? This is surreal right now, but I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think this is going to be my last video. I don't know what will happen to my channels after this. I don't know what people are going to think of me after this. It doesn't bother me. End quote. He goes on to explain how he sometimes just sits outside and watches everyone at the supermarket talking to each other and that they don't know that in four more nights, their lives are going to change. Quote, I'm going to up your life. I can't wait. I want that supermarket to be closed for a month or go out of business because it's a crime scene. It's going to be a crime scene and then it'll be over. And everything will just be thrown away. Who would have ever thought that a cartoon character would cause this to happen? A cartoon character. How can a cartoon character bring all this out in you? How is this even possible? The biggest question will be why. I'm not a psychopath. I don't hunt people down and kill them. I will be laughing my white ghost female ass off. End quote. He is very odd. He is so odd. Which it is literally out there. I mean, he's tweeting to all these accounts. It just makes me wonder if his parents literally did not have social media. Yeah, they probably didn't. Because was... And people who followed him... This was in 2016? 2017. So, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but... Also, like, a lot of parents, I guess, of kids that age don't have Twitter... 
which is where he was posting it. They might not have been following his YouTube. I mean, I don't have Twitter. I'd get it, though, if all my kids had it. Yeah. I don't know. Do you guys have it? I do for our podcast, but I'm hardly ever on it. (laughs) Yeah. I... I mean, there were other people who followed these accounts. So then I wonder maybe people just like were thinking it was a part of the act, like a part of the animation, you know, like a teaser for for the Westboro High Massacre movie thing that was about to come out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then I noticed on some of the pictures of these tweets that like they kept saying like, oh, like three retweets and like people were retweeting them, which means they were like sharing them. And I was like, oh, my gosh, who would retweet these? But then I remembered he has like 10 Twitter accounts. So it was probably him. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Retweeting them to all his accounts of all the ghost squad. Yes. In this same video, he goes on to say how all he ever really wanted deep down was to make people laugh or smile with his YouTube videos. He says that he used to watch some guy on YouTube back in 2019, but then he stopped watching his videos because he would cross-dress. And then literally in the same sentence, he says that he was like, "Mm, no, thank you, even though I cross-dress myself. And again, I'm just like, what? Where are your thoughts? They're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird. He finishes out the video by saying, quote, I'm going to miss you guys. I really am. My emotions just aren't what they used to be. The most random thing in the world can make me cry. But things that are supposed to make you cry, they don't. Let it go in frozen made me cry a lot and not just once. Like almost every time I saw it. And I watched that movie like 20 times. Life's real short. Sometimes it feels like an eternity, but it's really short. Look at me. It's like I blinked and I'm 24 and a half and I'll die 24 and a half. I sit here and ask myself, would I do it all over if I could? I'm going to be dead before next week ends. I'll be dead. Legit dead. This is it. Okay, I'll miss you guys. I'll miss you a lot. Some of you, maybe I'll see you on the other side. And this is Andrew Blaze signing off for the last time. Enjoy the rest of your lives. Andrew out. End quote. And this was on his Twitter or YouTube? No, that was a video on his YouTube, which he did put like he put up like a week before. Mm. And so, well, he made it a week before. I don't know if he put it up right before because that is shocking to me that people wouldn't see that and at least ask him like, If he was thinking about suicide, if he needed any help, you know, like you think people would reach out because of that. Yeah. Again, I don't know how many people actually watched his videos. He always talks about how he had fans, but who knows? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, after this, Randy needs to make another video. And this video he won't upload until hours before his evil plan. This video will be one of him addressing his parents but then there's also another one. It's a video of a coin flip, a coin flip to determine the fate of what he was going to do. He would either commit a massacre at home or at the supermarket where he worked, and he was going to flip a coin to decide. Quote, okay, so here's the deal. Got a 1983 quarter right here. You believe in fate? Here's the fate test. I'm going to flip this three times or the best out of three, rather. 
And if it's heads, I'll do it here. If it's tails, the supermarket. End quote. After he says this, he walks out to the grass outside of his home and he says, best of three, here we go. So he shows the first flip. He just throws it up into the air. It lands in the grass and he takes the camera up to it. It's tells. Then he does another one. Flips the coin. It lands in the grass. He doesn't touch it. Takes the camera up to it. It's heads. Then he starts laughing. Quote, have to have it come down to the very last coin flip. This is it for all the marbles, except we are playing for much more than the marbles here. End quote. So he goes out, he flips it a third time, he takes the camera up to the grass, and it's tells. And then he says, the supermarket it is. And he goes on to say how he guesses that many more lives are going to be lost besides just his. So when that video started, I was kind of thinking like, oh my gosh, a massacre at home or at the supermarket. I was thinking if it ended up being at his home that he would have massacred his family, which maybe that was still his plan. But it seems weird to me that once it hit tells twice, he was like, okay, well, I guess I'm killing more people than just me. So June 7th comes and no one knows the plan that Andrew has in his pocket. They don't know about the videos he has prepared to upload. They don't realize that all of his tweets meant something, something real. So he goes to work at the Weiss supermarket on June 7th. Randy works the night shift with only a few other co-workers. They stock the shelves through the night and get the store prepared to open for shopping in the morning. And while his co-workers are busy actually doing their job, they don't realize that Randy is distracted. He isn't doing his job. In fact, he is walking around locking different exits. At the same time, he's stacking pallets in front of each door that he locks, ensuring that his victims have no way of escaping the terror he would bring them. Throughout this, he returns to stacking the shelves once in a while to maintain the image that he was in fact working so that his co-workers wouldn't catch on to his plan. But they do notice he is a bit distracted. He keeps getting on his phone. Annoying, right? When you're doing all the work and your coworker is just sitting on their phone. What they don't know is that Randy was uploading all the videos to his YouTube. The video of the Westboro High School massacre that he made using animation, as well as adding clips of himself into it. He uploaded the videos of him addressing his parents, which he referred to as the Andrew Blaze suicide tapes. He also uploaded that video of the coin flip and a few other things. And once he uploads these videos, McKenzie tweets, I hope we were able to get you through the day. I always hate goodbyes, but it's more like see you later. Thank you, McKenzie. And then Rachel tweets, me and Andrew are going to give the world a little insight as to what really lurks around in the shadows of your everyday lives. He then has the Embers Ghost Squad account tweet a link titled journal before tweeting the link to the Andrew Blaze suicide videos. The videos Randy uploaded just before he massacred his coworkers told a chilling tale. They take you into a deep look of his deteriorating mental state, and they warned the whole world of what was about to happen. All of the world except those four co-workers working with him that night. 
Quote, I know the biggest question will be why. I wish I could answer that fully, but I can't. It was destined to happen from 1992 and before. I'm from a community and squad of ghosts, and 2017 was my time to go back to them, where my true home is. I'm not mentally ill or schizophrenic or insane. I'm just me, end quote. He goes on to address the fact that his parents never noticed the reference to his natural selection t-shirt that he always wore. It was the same t-shirt Eric Harris wore when he murdered people in the Columbine High School shooting. Quote, I bought three of them, yet none of you knew what it meant. That blew my mind, and I didn't want to tell you that, so I kept that under wraps. That's a warning sign. You know I wrote all this morbid, dark, gruesome stuff into my videos, and people ate it up, and they loved it. They didn't realize that I actually meant it all. I started posting on all my social media how I really felt. Ember was always there in this dark place like I mentioned. She fueled me to do this. It was like she told me to do this. Do it for the ghost squad. You know we need more souls. End quote. And with this, he leaves behind those journal links and the journal in his home, where he would openly wonder if his quote-unquote fans would be obsessed with him once he died, once he committed this crime. And he wrote, quote, that'd be great, end quote. Well, sorry to disappoint you, Randy, but again, no, no one is obsessed with you now. You have no fans but he like really thinks he can maintain his fan base if he even had one. I know. I was. That's what I've been thinking. Like, how many fans did he really have? If, if he had a bunch, wouldn't they have seen all his stuff? Exactly. I think he was really just giving himself an extra pat on his back. Yeah. But I don't think he really. Like, he might have had some people that watched his videos, but I, I don't think it was much. Now, in the video where he does address his parents, he goes on to say, quote, One thing I honestly hope you do is give these posters to fans. You know this room was special. You know the posters completely border the room. It looks amazing in here. Nobody's room looks quite like mine does. And if you really think about it, it's really unique. You'll have my phone and all that. You can just post on social media. Would anyone want these? You know, and I autographed the back of them. So, you know, they're worth something. The signs were always there. They were there from the beginning. You can always say, what if, what if, what if? How didn't we know? It was all there in front of your face, you know. Welcome to reality. End quote. Again, like he thinks, oh, I autographed them. Those are worth something. Yeah, definitely mental illness. Yes, absolutely. And it's sad because he could have gotten help and this did not need to happen. Now, his animation video fantasizing about that school shooting is so chilling. It starts off with written text and bear with me because it's long, but I think it's important to include here. So the video starts in their scary music and the screen flips through slides that say, quote, to all the people who screwed me over on this video and left me hanging, you to all the animators who agreed to help and shoved me aside as if I didn't even matter you. To all the worthless people involved with this video in general who made me feel like I didn't even matter, you. To everyone who agreed to in general to help me feel like I didn't even matter, 
you. To all the fans who will appreciate what I managed to get done within this with this in five months completely on my own, thank you. There are going to be some missing shots left unfinished in this video with animatics in place of the black holes due to zero of the 10 plus animators whom I reached out to even lifting a finger to help. This was going to be something amazing. This was going to be something awesome. This was going to be something unique. In the end, what do I have? Hardly anything thanks to you no thanks to you good for nothing. All of you animators can drop dead. This was meant to be something spectacular and all you did was crush my dreams for it. The animators just pushing me side aside for more important work when I was able to pay you by your outrageous rates. Just die. I'm going to be dead by the time you see this video. Congratulations. You blew it. I hope you forever rethink what's been sent to you from now on. I hope you forever have the weight of the world crushing your spine into the pavement. So after spending January until the first week of June on this, I just gave up on it. What's the point? What's the point? I literally killed myself over this thing with no thanks to any of you. You're all worthless C-U-N-T-S. Thanks for nothing. Seriously. Thanks for false hope. Thanks for absolutely nothing. You good for nothing. I'm going to haunt your dreams. I'm going to hover over your worthless, pathetic bodies while you sleep. And when you take your last breath, I'm going to be in your pupils laughing my ass off. I thought there were still good people in this world willing to lend a hand when I needed it most. Turns out I was wrong die. Virtually 75% of the music video was intended to be animated. Only one fourth of it ended up finished with zero help from you. I had to do everything. What else is new? Throughout my entire nine year career on YouTube, I've always had to do everything myself. This was meant to be a collaborative effort. I was patient. I was nice. I was inspired. In the end, what am I now? Satisfied. I'm being satisfied that I was able to somehow still make this decently animated with only two years of animation experience. I wanted being experienced people to work on this and make it amazing. Well, it didn't happen. I waited three and a half months for animators to help out. I get shut out in the cold like an ex wife. You can kiss my deceased female white ass, you good for nothing something suckers. <laughs> To the fans who still care about me, some of the answers you're looking for are in the Andrew Blaze suicide tapes. I'm not sorry about this either. I've been stepped on my whole life. Not anymore. I've had enough of this putrid planet and I'm going to leave my mark. I'm going back to where I truly belong, the EGS. By April 2017, I knew full well that I was completely on my own for this video, so I had to make do with whatever came to mind. This was meant to be a 10 minute long animated production. Instead, it's about two minutes worth. What the ever. I don't want to keep BSing about what could have slash should have been. I just wanted to make something big. And just when I was about to go, I get shit on. Just die.
Ping Dai. This channel was going to have a big future. Now it's just going to rot. To the fans who have supported me from 2008 to 2017, thank you. I hope you enjoy what little I have to show for how much work went into this. I spent five months on this and it wasn't even close to being fish finished. So rather than kill myself for eight months, I threw in the towel after five months. I wish it didn't have to end on an imperfect note, but at the same time, I feel accomplished. I did what I could, and that's all that matters. End quote. Which, whoa. Like, that was all written out in the first part of the video. And as I was typing it, and the slides kept going, I just kept saying, oh, oh my gosh, there's more. Wow. But you can see, like, how really angry he was. Yeah. Yeah. He was definitely disturbed. Yes. Definite mental illness, if not like personality. Disorder. I know. I don't know what he had, but he definitely Maybe had something. Schizophrenia. He yeah. was really struggling. Now, after that whole thing, it goes on to show the credits and it says, you know, it's starring Andrew Blaze, which is him. It goes on to name the other people who were the voice actors. And then it goes on to say that it's dedicated to the fans. Eric Harris, Dylan Claybold, and the Ghost Squad. So his fans, his Ghost Squad, and the two people who did the Columbine High School shooting. Now it starts with a real video of him, not the animation yet. So he's in his bedroom and he's breathing heavy and he goes to get his shirt on and a black beanie. And then he pulls out guns and he pulls out bullets. He loads the guns and his shirt says, it's your time to die. It looks like a shirt he made himself on a white and black like baseball shirt. After he loads the guns, he kisses the gun. And then he had even gotten video footage from the grocery store, probably from a previous night that he worked there. And he adds that footage. He also shows his computer stuff that he makes these videos on, his room, his posters. And then he even shows himself stocking shelves, shows himself walking through the store. Again, this is probably on a previous night that he had worked. And then he shows pages of his journal, things that say you're all going to die and drawings of his ghost girls. And now the animation part starts. And there's a voice that comes over saying, quote, as the late Eric Harris once said, I hate the world. What an inspiration. I would have loved to have met the guy. We would have connected on so many levels. And then his girl animation, one of the ghost girls, says, This world makes me sick. All you little a**ers are just a waste of space. Tell me what good it is to live in a world where you can't have everything you truly want. And then Randy's character, Andrew, screams, I just want to be free. And they continue on with a horrible conversation. And Randy is like sounding so angry in this, eventually saying, quote, death. The most beautiful, gorgeous, luscious thing about life. People care about you more in death than in life. Fact. End quote. And then all this screaming starts. So it seems like all the voice actors are kind of, he put it all together. So they're all talking at the same time. And they're all screaming things that it sounds like Randy probably heard. Like growing up, like 
hey, Andrew, which remember, he's Andrew. So he's referring to himself by saying Andrew. Hey, Andrew, I heard you like to print girls photos off Facebook. And there he is drawing his girls again. And I bet you jerk to your precious drawings. And Andrew, Andrew, do you even know what you want to do with your life? Andrew, why don't you ever hang out with everybody? And it's just all these voices yelling horrible things, things much worse than what I added in here. So these must be like quotes, like of things that affected him, I guess, that have been said to him. And then the animation shows his group ghost squad. And they say, you all with the wrong girls. Harris and Leibold are heroes. There's nothing you could have done to stop us. The blood will forever remain on your windows. You had your chance to live, but your time is up. When all is said and done, there will be too much blood to clean up. You'll be sitting at your desk unaware of our war. After the shots are fired, you'll all be running for the door. You've seen a glimpse of your fate from the Columbine before, but now you'll witness firsthand the power of blood and gore. Go ahead and hide under your desks on the floor. It won't do you any good. Our presence is too powerful to ignore. You will be in shock. Guns and ammo galore. EGS will rule the world and reign forevermore. If you only knew what we truly had in store, this person will be wiped off the map and punished evermore. And the animation goes on to show people in a school panicking and his ghost squad is shooting people. They're lighting off bombs and it's like super sad. The animation people are laughing. It's showing kids panicking and then right after the animation portion ends, it shows him in real life doing target practice multiple times, showing him shooting all this stuff. And I don't know who was recording it for him, but it seems like a girl. And then after that, the rest of the YouTube video, it's like 45 minutes long, is filled with videos of Andrew throughout the years, videos of him playing on a playground, videos of him talking on his YouTube all while playing sad music in the background. And one video in this section is of him talking, saying, quote, my head has just been deteriorating lately. I can't think straight like I used to. It's progressively gotten worse, end quote. And he has all these videos in black and white. And it really feels like his own little tribute to himself with like that sad music in the background. Yeah. He seems in this part kind of like a true narcissist. Like he literally made this memorial to himself. And it's like, dude, no one, no one is sad watching this. It's weird. Now, once Randy makes sure that his videos are uploaded, it's time. And as he's in the grocery store, he ends up walking to the front door. It's his last door that he needs to lock. And he places a pallet in front of that door as well. And then he walks into the aisle where 26-year-old Victoria Brong is working alongside Kristen Newell. Kristen was labeling items while Victoria stocked the shelves. And before Victoria even knew what was happening, Randy shot at her. And the bullet pierces her chest. Now she knows something is wrong and she starts to run as she realizes her coworker just shot her. But he keeps firing and she is shot in the base of the skull before she falls to the ground. While all of this is happening, Kristen had her headphones in. 
She was at the other end of the aisle. But when she hears multiple pops and then a thud, she turns to look at Randy. She says that she made eye contact with him for five seconds and that she couldn't run. She was frozen. Victoria was laying there between them and Randy was holding his gun. He ends up shooting more shots into Victoria as she lays on the ground. And Kristen, she knew her life was in danger. But Randy surprisingly just walks away. And Kristen stands there frozen in fear for a bit longer. Now, multiple news sources claim this to have happened differently, stating that according to CCTV footage, Kristen's earphones kept her from hearing the nightmare going on around her, and that after Randy shoots Victoria, Kristen doesn't know what's going on, and she just keeps doing her job unknowingly, while Randy looms behind her, staring at her for a few seconds before walking away. But I'm just going to go ahead and believe Kristen's account of that night since she was there. And once he walks away, Kristen does run up to Victoria and tries to shake her awake before she realizes that Victoria is in really bad shape. While all of this is happening, Randy has found 47-year-old Brian Hayes. He shoots Brian five times, three of the shots being lethal. He hit Brandon in the arm, the groin, and the right side of his head. And then he starts looking for 63-year-old Terry Sterling. Terry was shot in the back twice and in his shoulder as he was running away from Randy. During this time, Kristen had been hiding behind a register while she called 911. She can still hear gunshots going off, and when she gets up the courage to find her way out of the store, she makes a break for the front door. But it's not opening. Her heart is racing. The fear is pulsating through her body as she jams her shoulder into the door, begging for it to slide open. And it finally does. She runs into the parking lot, and she's not just running, she's sprinting. She can still hear gunshots because Randy started shooting all the merchandise in the store. He tried shooting propane tanks to try to get them to blow up, but they wouldn't. So Kristen keeps running past Randy's car outside and into a bush where she hides until officers arrive. After Randy's shooting spree, he walked himself into the deli section where he killed himself by shooting into his mouth. Just before this, he had tweeted as Andrew Blaze, Goodbye, humans. I'll miss you. He was wearing black makeup on his lips and eyes at the time of his death. He was also wearing women's clothing under his regular clothing. And to make sure that he died, regardless of if he carried out his plan or not, he took 372 milliliters of diphodramine, diphodramine, which is Benadryl. So he would have been starting into an overdose while he made his attack. Ultimately, 59 bullets were fired inside the Weiss supermarket where Randy calculatingly murdered three people that he had worked with for years. At this time, he had worked there for seven years. He took a mother from her son and men from their families. He was an evil person who showed signs of what was to come, but those signs were never noticed. It was so hard for me to find literally an ounce of information on his victims, and that just isn't right. 
So I want to end with the little that I do know about them. Randy took the lives of 47-year-old Brian Hayes, who was from Springville, Pennsylvania. He was a hard worker who many people loved. 26-year-old Victoria Brong from Factoryville, Pennsylvania. She had a six-year-old son who she loved fiercely. She was remembered as being quiet and kind, and growing up, she would always care for the younger students on the school bus. She worked hard to provide a life for her little boy, and now he has to live without a mother. And 63-year-old Terry Sterling, who was from South Montrose. His partner seems to be Sandy Thurlborn. She misses him every day. Terry had a son, and from that son, he had two granddaughters, who he loved so deeply. He always talked about how he was so proud to be their grandpa. And these three deserve to live their lives. They never should have walked into work that night to have their lives ended by a monster who was living among us. cleanser of ducks. You know some ducks are rubber duppies, but some ducks aren't rubber rubber duckies. Well, the ones that aren't rubber duckies are real ro- are real duckies that go in the water. Did you also know duckies have three eyelids? It's a whitish color. It moistens, cleans, and protects the eye. And you know duckies are so cute, even they're even if they're a rubber ducky or a real ducky, and and there's baby ducks swimming in the water, and a big mommy duck and a big daddy duck. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening today and supporting our show. It means more to us than you can even imagine. Please don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts if that's where you listen. Otherwise, you can always share us onto your social media. We are super, super appreciative of that and getting the word out with your friends. This podcast is researched, written, hosted, and edited by me, Kayla Waters. It's co-hosted by Alicia Jenkins. The palate cleanser is given to you by Charlie Waters. Our original graphic art was made by Arthur Max, and our music was created by Jaden Schultz, who you can find on Instagram at In Pajamas Music. Stick around for organization info. They're all important, but today I feel like this one's especially important to listen to. You can support the National Suicide Prevention Line by going to www.suicidepreventionlifeline.org. You'll help them raise awareness of suicide prevention and save lives. You can do a one-time payment or you can do a monthly payment. They also have an option here on their website where you can get help or you can call them if you are feeling like you need to talk to somebody. 
please don't hesitate to call. That is what they are here for. Calls to the Lifeline are answered by a national network of local crisis centers. Crisis center counselors are the heroes of the Lifeline. You can learn all about them on their website, how they prevent suicide, about their crisis centers, stories of hope and recovery, as well as mental health and suicide prevention glossary. You can find their number here, you can get involved, and you can find providers and professionals. If your thoughts are scaring you, please reach out. Stay safe out there. Bye.